if you repeat results, you are in the business that is diagonally opposite to innovation. You know, I've heard people say it's all about execution. Blackberry was executing really well. Trouble is, the world changed while they were busy executing. The most powerful catalyst for getting people into the right frame of mind to do something different and to innovate is actually the sharing of stories. Welcome back to the Innovation Engine Podcast. For this very special episode of the podcast, we'll be talking about a new way of measuring podcast analytics called Remote Audio Data, or RAD for short. Among the topics we'll discuss are why RAD was created, what the process was like for bringing it to life, and what comes next now that RAD is being released to the open source community. Here with us today to talk about all that and more is Stacy Gores. Stacy is a product manager for podcasts and social at NPR. For the last year, she has been leading the team responsible for developing RAD, which meant working with a wide range of podcast publishers and media companies to determine what RAD should become. Among the media companies that support RAD and were instrumental in its development were Cadence 13, Edison Research, ESPN, Google, iHeartMedia, Libsyn, which is the hosting service of this very podcast, the New York Times, New York Public Radio, VoxNest, and Wondery. Among the organizations that have committed to use RAD are Acast, AdsWiz, Art19, Awesound, Blueberry Podcasting, Panoply, OmniStudio, PodTrack, PRI slash PRX, Radio Public, Triton Digital, Wide Orbit, and Wuxia. And among the companies that helped bring RAD to life, we're the good people here at Three Pillar Global. Welcome to the studio and to the podcast, Stacey. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So let's start the episode off with a bit of background on the problem that led NPR to want to create RAD in the first place. Why did NPR think it was so important that you decided to take it on? So the genesis of RAD at NPR and in the podcasting community goes back a number of years. In 2014, when we first launched NPR One, which is NPR's uh, mobile app, we realized that it opened a huge, great world for us. We were able to see how our audience was actually interacting with our content and then make decisions based upon that. For example, we can see when listeners dropped off of an episode, what length of pieces engaged the audience, and then really how to find those sweet spots in the content length. For example, we recently adjusted the format of our podcast, The Pop Culture Happy Hour, into shorter, more focused segments based directly on that type of data from NPR One. So as we started to work and play around with this, we wanted to see if there was truly a there there to know that if we could at scale see not who was listening to our shows beyond NPR One, but then if our shows were actually being listened to. So we kicked up a pilot in 2017 with just NPR technology as a true proof of concept. Around the same time, Apple released its podcast analytics, which show greater listening metrics. And more recently, Spotify has followed with its streaming and listening data. And with our pilot, it worked. It was really bare bones technology. But then once we kind of knew that their concept was there, we began talking with others in the podcasting tech space about this, how it could be changed, what was important to each player. We gathered folks at our DCD headquarters at NPR last February 
for a day-long session on really diving into this kind of technology with engineers and data analysts. You know, NPR felt this was important because we not only wanted to have this data and make sound content and sponsorship decisions, but also work with others in the podcasting community and the space to define these future metrics and standards to truly be collaborative in moving this forward. And kind of also once we got into the technology, we just got excited and we were excited to innovate and excited to develop something new for the podcasting space. And so now that RAD is out there in the world, what's different? And maybe in a pre-RAD world, how did podcast analytics work? And how has that now changed or how will it change with RAD? Yeah, so this is only the beginning with RAD. You know, what we announced this past December, and we are thrilled with the reception in the industry and the discussions that we have started. But for right now, NPR and really nobody else is truly operating on listening statistics at a scalable level. We can take it to make small decisions, but, you know, RAD is just the start to be able to move. Once more clients adopt this technology, we can and start to see this data flowing in then we can make decisions. You know, currently podcasts are still working under the metric of the download and thanks to great work from the IAB, Interactive Advertising Bureau, and others recently, that metric and that concept of a download is much more refined and something that we consider and we continue to work on. So we see RAD as the future, but we truly believe and we still understand that, you know, the download is what we're working under now. Yeah. And so you mentioned the the kind of working session that you had and, and one day over at NPR headquarters. What was the process like for bringing Rad to life over the course of the year after that? Yeah, so we got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that we wanted to start all of this because when you think about Rad, it is the podcasting client, it is the publisher of the podcast, and then it is an analytics wing. And we knew that the thing that we could tangibly start with was the mobile application. You know, unless those mobile apps can read these RAD tags, which is the core of it, we nobody could get very far. And we also knew that we would need to update what we piloted a year before that in NPR One. So in building this, we thought that we could build the very first version for everyone, not just us. So NPR and Three Pillar started with these mobile frameworks, which is what we released this December. And then also over the summer as we were working, we realized that we needed test data with these audio files and the current ways of writing to ID3 tags, which is within um, podcasting tech. It's oftentimes just using straight JSON was really not sustainable. So that's why we created another RAD tag editing tool, raditor.io, just not for us, but for anyone in the industry who wanted to experiment and use the technology. Okay, got it. And I have to imagine one of the most notable feats of the year-long process was getting buy-in from such a broad range of companies and publishers. My mouth got a little dry reading the list in the intro, and it's hard enough to get different departments in the same company rowing in the same direction, or at least I'm told that. How did you bring so many companies to the table and find agreement or consensus on what RAD would become? Yeah, this has really been, the idea of listening metrics has been percolating in the industry for a while. And the good thing is in the podcasting, though it's becoming more and more influential with major media companies getting into the space, it's still a really tight community and it's full of friendly, smart colleagues. So like I said earlier, NPR hosted a day-long summit last February that brought together many to work through the details of this spec. We spoke with those that we knew and 
really those who inspired us with how they work with their podcasting technology, both in their mobile apps and then on their delivery of the content. And now, though, though that the spec and the mobile work is live, we hope to see more and more comments and thoughtful recommendations on how rad and what we've kind of put out there as a strong first step to be better. You know, we know that many apps will adjust and update rad over the next few months. And we really want to see that growth. And that what, that's what we're excited about. You know, this is NPR putting something out there and then talking to everybody and seeing what's next. So I expect more conversations, more phone calls, more meetings at conferences, you know, both at a very one-on-one intimate level and then, you know, hopefully larger things as well um, to really develop that and bring it forward. Yeah. And have you been have you been getting that so far? Rad was announced in uh, mid-December. It's now early January. Has the feedback been positive? Have you been hearing from lots of folks? I have. It's been really interesting to hear from, you know, some of the more major players, but then also small folks in Australia or in Germany or something to get miscellaneous emails in. It's really inspiring. And it, it proves how much of this medium is very influential, but then also very intimate. And really, a lot of folks can kind of craft their own way with it. And that has just been incredibly inspiring. Yeah, definitely. So let me ask about the business of polit- uh, of podcasting. One of the big reasons RAD is so important is that ad revenue for podcasts is growing rapidly. According to IAB, which you mentioned earlier, podcast advertising jumped from, from $169 million in the U.S. in 2016 to $314 million in 2017. And they're projecting that it will hit $659 million by 2020. How will RAD help the podcast advertising market mature? And mature is really, I think, the good and key word there. You know, we see RAD as thoughtful, as deliberate, as industry-supported, as a way to move this digital technology that is podcasting, on-demand audio, into its next generation. Right now, we're, we're not there yet. RAD is a step forward, and it's an open way to move the industry toward more listening metrics. And then in the long game, we can start to bring in sponsors who can continue to buoy this industry for years to come. Sticking with ads for a second, an Adweek article in the early days of RAD mentioned that it would help with, for example, keeping advertisers from paying for skipped ads, which is something I do all the time. Sorry, uh, all the podcasts (laughs) that I listen to. Did that feature functionality make it into the just released version of RAD? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, RAD works with a publisher adding tags to their audio file. And yes, many folks will mark where ads start and end because that's important not only for the arc of the podcast, but then the sponsors involved. You know, many folks will also mark chapters or perhaps events every 30 seconds or a variety of things that they want to measure in the arc of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Every publisher will have their own taxonomy. NPR is trying to figure out exactly what ours is going to be, you know, and Many in talking in the podcasting space and talking about RAD have asked about this, about client applications, developing ways to skip ads. They might, but we also know that we really want this technology to get out there. And if that truly becomes an issue, we'll adjust. And the good thing is many client applications also know that they need to balance user experience and sustaining the industry that they rely on for their app. So keeping the contents in there high quality and engaging, which RAD helps producers to be able to do, that's also supporting podcasts and podcasting. So we see that as a balance. Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, RAD was officially launched in December, and it's now being open sourced by NPR. 
which means that outside developers with an interest in contributing to the project can do so. So what's next for RAD? Are there certain things on the roadmap that you're looking to tackle next with the help of the open source community? There's plenty on the road. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> Both for NPR, NPR member stations, and you know the industry at large and kind of where we see this going over the next year. Mm-hmm. You know, overall, we're focusing first on full implementation with your ad tech or your hosting um, providers. We want to make sure that they understand it, that they can use it, because that's what so many of us in the podcasting space rely on NPR, you know, included. NPR is looking to adjust our analytics tools to make sure that we can see and understand this content once we get it out there. And then I'm really interested to see what others in the marketplace develop as it comes to analytics tools and what will eventually be available to podcasters. But most importantly, if you're a mobile developer and if you are included in a podcasting app, or if you're just overall interested, you know, we really want folks to review that code and really give feedback on it. You know, we've cycled it around with others in the space, but we know there's a lot of smart minds out there. And I think we would really like to see that feedback. So it's only been a couple of weeks and um, we've seen some come in, but I really hope for more in the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah. And so can developers, if they're interested, not just look at code, but actually contribute to it, I gather that's kind of the the, the idea? It is. Yeah. I would love to see some activity on those GitHubs. So um, <laughs> go at it. Um, you know, it's something that we're really looking forward to see. So if people are listening out there and they are and they do want to get involved, what kinds of skills or languages are you looking for contributors to be proficient in to do so? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I hope if you go to rad.npr.org, it shows the narrative of the spec. I really hope that is um, digestible for anybody. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you have questions or if it's not, there's an email associated with that. And please reach out and we can continue to amend that and make sure that this is something that is just plain English for folks. Um, But, you know, the mobile, there's both iOS and Android. And then I would also like um, anybody who's interested in analytics or analytics experts to take a look um, to make sure that they understand it, that this would make sense as they would start to digest it as well. So those are kind of the first components that we're looking at here. You mentioned in the in the blog post that you wrote and in the press release that came out uh, about the release of RAD that user privacy is something that was very important to NPR in developing this spec. How is user privacy protected when analytics are shared back with publishers? Yeah, absolutely. It was very important to us. Um, You know, we spent time thinking about this, thinking about the balance of making a technology that was both open and adaptable, but then also, you know, secure and safe. Mm -hmm. And NPR undoubtedly cares about privacy and thoughtfulness as it comes to sponsorship. Um, So this was something that was at the forefront with us. And to note, with RAD, I'm at NPR, I'm not seeing data from other publishers that kind of cross through this process. What I see is reported about my podcast, and that's it. You know, when right now when you as a publisher, um, when you receive data from a podcast download, you receive bits of information already. You get a user agent if an application sends it, if that file was downloaded, an IP address. You know, these are components that occur with the transaction of data and the internet at large. You know, RAD adds a few optional elements. We do require HTTPS protocol, um, but it doesn't look to see who listened, rather just that a listen to these certain events happened. So we see this as an extension of the download, not diving into any creepy tracking that I think we're all nervous and don't want to see invade the podcasting space. Yeah. 
And do you see Rad being a tool that's mainly used by major media companies and the most popular podcasts? Or are you seeing it as something that podcasters that reach hundreds or thousands of listeners an episode will want to use as well? Both. And that's been really fun to see the feedback as well from very small, you know, indie podcasters to big companies. You know, if you have a passionate fan base of just hundreds, we you want to know what they care about as well. You know, what if you change the format of your show or you have one episode that you spend a great deal of time with? You want to know if your audience cares and listens all the way through. Rad stretches across both large and small podcasters. And we hope with the start of this technology that it won't be an additional obstacle to publishing, that there won't be a huge burden to get into this. We love that podcasting is still a very intimate medium. And we know that both large and small companies really care about that relationship with the audience. And we see this as an extension into that relationship. Okay. And so I have to ask, as an avid podcast listener myself, other than the Innovation Engine, of course, what's in your podcast library? Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Um, I'm a true sampler, you know, making sure I explore anything that is new or interesting. Um, I'm also a runner and I have dogs that need very long walks. So I have plenty of time and that luxury to dive into, you know, those bits and pieces of new shows. Um, Recently, I finished Believed from NPR and I found it to be absolutely outstanding. I'm a by the book devotee. I listen to that every week. Okay. Um, No Man's Land from The Wing is a new one I'm very much enjoying. I also enjoy The Gathering Place. It's a Catholic podcast. Uh, Bodies, it's a podcast from member station KCRW, is wonderful. And I worked in some political reporting before NPR, um, so I'll catch up on a politics podcast as time allows. A lot of new ones for me to add to my to my <laughs> library. Um, okay, so a two-part question for you. When you spend your days at NPR, you're working alongside podcast royalty. Do you ever get to slip into the studio? I've watched a few podcasts, most recently the politics podcast from NPR, which is a blast because you have a number of folks in the studio and it goes very fast and it's it, it's an incredibly great crew. So um, I can if if I have the luxury of, of popping in. Um, I'll see folks, you know, like uh, Sam Sanders or somebody at NPR, which is always fun and exciting. And then I think some of the most validating is when I get to see some of the individuals um, that I've become friends with be featured on a podcast. So, you know, someone like a Lindsay McKenna from NPR Music Team, Beyond All Songs Considered. Um, I can even kind of fangirl out about something like that. So it's it's a wonderful place to work. It's, you know, a lot of conversations and a lot of opportunity to dive into great content and to be really close to it, which is which is inspiring. Okay. And have you ever met a podcast queen, Sarah Koenig? I have not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, nice. Well, Stacey, thanks so much for taking the time to join us in the studio today to talk about Rad. Congratulations on the successful launch, and we're excited to see where it goes from here. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a great discussion. Absolutely. And if if you're listening and would like to learn more about Rad, you can visit rad.npr.org to do so. There you can read about the history of RAD, view the RAD technical specification, find the Android and iOS SDKs, and much more. And if you're a podcaster who would like to start adding RAD tags to your audio files, you can visit raditor.io for a web-based tag editor. You can also contact the RAD team at remoteaudiodata at npr.org for more information. Um, And we will have this time to release... uh, uh, 
with the start of CES, Stacy will be out there. So uh, connect with her on, on LinkedIn if you would like to uh, to learn more about Rad while you're there. Anywhere else, folks should be looking for you or information on Rad. Yeah, that main website is perfect. Um, that email address is perfect. Um, I'll probably be the one responding anyway. And um, I'm I'm on Twitter, um, LinkedIn, any of those places are great. Okay, awesome. Well, Stacy, thanks again for coming and much appreciated. Thank you. The Innovation Engine Podcast is brought to you by Three Pillar Global, a product lifecycle management and software development company based in Fairfax, Virginia. Head to www.3pillarglobal.com to learn more about our services. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and Spotify, and we post extensive show notes for each episode on the Three Pillar website at threepillarglobal.com slash podcast. That's three with the number three. Last but not least, we're always striving to improve here on the Innovation Engine podcast, and we get asked often, who listens to it? We can see from our analytics that a pretty healthy number of you do listen, but raw download numbers don't do much to help us learn who out there is listening, what your day-to-day jobs are like, and what kinds of topics or which specific guests you might like to hear from. So if you'd like to help make the Innovation Engine a little bit better, please take a few short minutes out of your day and shoot me a quick email with some of that information. Will.Sherlin at 3PillarGlobal.com is my email address. Also, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and message me there. Thanks as always for listening, and we'll see you next time.